You're listening to the Cinema Snarks Podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Ren. And we are going to tell you how we really feel about the unbearable weight of massive talent. A.K.A. that movie about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> that Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. People know what you're talking about when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> but the unbearable weight of massive talent follows Nicolas Cage, an unfulfilled and facing financial ruin version of actor Nicolas Cage, who accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when a CIA operative recruits Cage for an unusual mission taking on the role of a lifetime he soon finds himself channeling his most iconic and beloved characters to save himself and his loved ones ren this was one of your most anticipated films of the year correct it was it was every time we saw that trailer ren was like hyped for this yes (laughs) this one and everything everywhere all at once. Yep. I have actually I think I've done a pretty decent job of of selecting good ones except for Dumbledore. I knew even when I, I it was anticipated. I had no assumptions that it would be good. I just was like I it's I've been waiting for it for a long time. Yes. <laughs> well, um, so apparently this you one, enjoyed this film? I did. I thought it was delightful and funny and cheeky um i will say it wasn't like it's it's hard because everything everywhere all at once was like such a like oh (laughs) i don't know how to like describe how incredible that movie was so that this movie in it's not this uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent is not an incredible film but it is delightful it is good it is enjoyable and i had a good time in the theater watching it so I first, yes, I have to give like kudos to Nicolas Cage because yes, obviously he's he's yes. like plastered on everything, but in many ways watching this is kind of like watching two hours of therapy for Nicolas Cage. Like <laughs> signing on to this project, he basically is like using film as a therapy session for himself. Sure. <laughs> it there, it's not only it's a little there in the way that film, yeah like it's not just fourth breaking walls and you know super um meta which it is both of the you know meta for uh-huh. sure but it's super self-aware from nicholas cage uh in the screenplay um <laughs> it's it, yeah i mean he's playing a version of himself but in many ways that version is ripped straight from Nicholas Cage as a person. I, so I did do I did make sure to do a little bit of research on like Nicholas Cage and everything. He w- he would tell you that he is he's much more dedicated to his family than the Nicholas Cage in this movie is. Like that's kind of the crux of it is that yeah. Nicholas Cage in this movie is a career obsessed yes. lunatic whereas Nicolas Cage in real life he turned down a role in the Matrix and turned on roles in Lord of the Rings because he wanted to stay home with his kid who was a child at that time he didn't want to go live in New Zealand for three years so uh, I think that's important to keep in mind is that this is absolutely a uh, character but it is a character based on himself. And what I think is really very Nicolas Cage about it is um, 
his larger than life ism, his 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 sublime extra. This is a man who lives in a performance. I, there was like a quote where some, I think it was Sean Penn or something said that Nicolas Cage has transcended acting and he's just a performer now. Like he doesn't, um, but anyways, this, this is um, what I, this is why I was excited about this, this film is that Nicolas Cage is a kind of a cult figure. He's just like, he is a, a, a caricature of himself a lot of the time. He's also a really unique person and, and, we can talk about this more and like what makes him <laughs> him. Um, but this movie just does a really good job of like giving him an opportunity to kind of poke fun at himself. Yeah. And, and these like, okay. So like saying, Oh, he's having financial troubles, right? That's the plot or whatever. Like, <laughs> this is fucking nothing compared to what actual Nick Cage's financial troubles were. Like this guy was like hundreds of millions of dollars in debt for years and years and years. And that's part of the joy of Nicolas Cage is because he is a crazy person because he's got apparently very little in the way of impulse control and is just like, it's a castle. I want it. I'm buying it. It's the most haunted building in America. I want it. I'm buying it. It's a Lamborghini. I want it. I buy it. It's a dinosaur skull. I want it. I'm buying it. Like he's got no like ability to make like financial decisions um so he yeah it was hundreds of millions of dollars in in debt and uh he only and because he was so deeply deeply in debt and then he ended up having all of these problems with the irs and owing them like a hundred million dollars um he's just took on every role that came at him (laughs) every single thing And I think that's one of the delightful things about Nicolas Cage is that his resume, his like, and this is one of those things that's like on display in this movie. You can't talk about this movie without talking about Nicolas Cage's career because like that's what this movie kind yeah. of is. Um, but like he he go he has he won an Oscar for incredible real performance in Leaving Las Vegas. Just heart-wrenching, yeah, destroying. Like I, it's one of those movies that I still like think about sometimes and remember. Um, and then he also did fucking Wicker Man, where he's just like over the top and ridiculous. And it's like a cult classic because it's so bad, it's good. That sort of a thing. We all just he like did, think, oh. we thank the heavens that he did Wicker Man because it was that yes. bad. Yes, yeah. And, and like, I, I just Over the past decade, I mean, that's what I love is in that conversation. <laughs> Over the past decade, I mean, he has taken on straight to Walmart stuff. Like, I mean, these films that Nicolas Cage has now, been in. He did say, okay, so he has, as of 2022, he paid off his debts. So now he gets to be a little more selective about what he's going to be in. Now, in this movie, this unbearable weight of massive talent, uh, they kind of frame it a little bit more as he's trying to get back on top and it seems like um he has a monologue in the movie where he talks about how acting has always just been work for him it's not about the like art of it and that actually seems closer to something that Nicolas Cage would say than necessarily what this character because this character seems to have this this desire to do something important this desire to like be back 
not that we went anywhere, which no. is the whole thing we do. Um, That's what I love, though. One thing is I love that we got, like, superstar persona Nick Cage yes. talking to Nicholas Nikki. Cage. <laughs> so we Nikki get, Cage. yeah, basically 90s <laughs> Nicholas Cage. 90s, who, early aughts. Yeah, early aughts who personifies himself and is really that driving force of, don't you take on that shitty role. We're Nick D- FN Cage, you know, like. <laughs> we are the superstar of the world, damn it. Um, and I thought, one, I thought it was hilarious. Um, spoiler uh-huh. alert, they make out at one point in this film. He makes out with himself. Yes. And I Very died weird. because it was the most random, weird choice that could have been made yeah. at that moment or in this entire <laughs> film. But I still loved it. Um, but no, I loved that little side Nick Cage. Like that would but- Nikki, Nikki Cage. Cage. Nick Cage, Nicholas Cage, and Nikki yeah. Cage. Oh, so good. <laughs> the young one. And they, they use the de-aging technology. And, yeah. you know, I generally find a lot of the time the de-aging technology is like uncanny valley. And it is no exception in this film, but it's okay because it's okay for it to be this weird, surreal version of him because the movie is a very weird, surreal sort (laughs) of, uh, it's surreal. And at the same time, it's hyper, it's realistic. Like, I mean, like, like it's, it's a, it doesn't sit in a, you know, it's not fear and loathing in Las Vegas. It's not like they're literally surrealist moments happening. It's not, you know, like even adaptation was surreal, this is just surreal of the mundane, if that's a thing, of just like, this is a crazy person's life. This is what would happen if you were just Nick Cage and your life was an insane movie star's life. Um, and then I also think, obviously, we have to talk about Pedro Pascal, who is oh. our main supporting character in the film, almost a co-lead, I'd say. Um and he's a- oh yeah he's the co-lead he is so <laughs> cute in this film he is so incredibly endearing it's delightful he's delightful in this film and like i i don't know if i've gotten to see pedro pascal in a film be this sweet this yeah. like just absolutely lovable and one you just want to like you also feel like he's very much playing a version of his own self because that's the thing every <laughs> every time outside a film i see pedro or see him interact with people or on twitter he just it seems like the loveliest human being uh that could be and then that's basically him just in this <laughs> like mob boss uh, you know cartel uh, ring per character <laughs> But it's so cute. Uh, And they are so fun together. Like, they have really good chemistry together. They're so fun. And, okay, and here's another thing I really liked about this film. It's funny in a way that makes you laugh. There's so many comedies that come out now that are, like, comedies in quotations. And, like, they're funny, but they're never funny. Ha ha. Nah, this shit, like, makes you laugh out loud, like, the entire theater laughing out loud. And it's it's not cheap laughs. It's just genuinely, like, it tickles you and just makes you die. I mean, I guess having him make out with himself, I don't even know if that was, like, laughing or people that was just, like, nervous, like, this is really weird. (laughs) Just, like, shocked and appalled. Um, Yes, totally. (laughs) No, there is, I mean, the jokes come at really good paces like it's constant it's really a funny film and there's a lot of 
it's surprisingly, I mean, I guess not unexpected because you kind of know a little bit of the tone from those trailers. You know, like yes. generally what you're going to get. Yes. I don't know. Just sometimes there are some really unexpected jokes. There's an ongoing thing about Paddington 2 in this film. Oh, I loved that. <laughs> that I died. Mary, tell us and- right now, is Paddington 2 as great as this yes. film makes it out it to be? Utterly <laughs> yes. amazing, delightful. And That's I a- think... I was just I think thinking what that- is so good is that this film knows so that's so it's very self-aware in a lot of ways. So we talked about Nick Cage being self-aware, but the filmmakers are also self-aware because first of all, they're aware Nicolas Cage has become this internet cult sensation. Yes. Like the internet and us, we love Nicolas Cage. Uh still for man is unapologetically who he is. We love the madness. We love it. And that's why this film, in the first place, is appealing to us. Second, film nerds of Twitter, film Twitter, as we call ourselves, and a lot of people in the film community generally just adore Paddington and Paddington 2 as these perfect (laughs) little just amazing films. And so when that comes out of his mouth, it's funny in just hearing it because it's just like... Paddington too and then it's funny when you're just like a film nerd who knows everyone loves Paddington too that watches it so I don't know I think the film is so good in that aspect or even the film conversations when we go in and Pedro Pascal's character has this shrine room dedicated to Nick Cage and his film memorabilia (laughs) he's got the golden guns from face off it's so good it's super fun. It's also just fun, like going back through Nick Cage's like body of work through this film, right? Yeah. And like, you know, Pedro Pascal talks about how Guarding Tess was like this huge film for him and his father, and it was moving and uh, like, you know, and they they don't go for the easy one. I, I mean, there is like one one part at the very beginning where uh, Tiffany Haddish's character. It's like, they're like talking about Nick Cage gets off of the plane. They're like, it's Nick Cage. She's like, Nick Cage, like moonstruck motherfucker. He's like, no. <laughs> Got a dick That's what she's like. Re- references. Like, yeah, that's right. Crudes and crudes too. Um, and crudes too. Yeah. So it's really fun because they, they, they reference a lot of his like less well-known work or just work that was like, it's not like. It's, they never talk about leaving Las Vegas even once. Nobody mentions his Oscar. Nobody mentions, like, it's mostly, yeah, Crudes 2, and I Face mean, Off. Face Off, and yeah. that's only thrown out, like, once or twice. On air. You know, even, like, the big yeah. ones. Oh, my God. Let me just say <laughs> that also return to this. So the, it opens with this girl and her, like, boyfriend watching Nicolas Cage. <laughs> movies like watching a movie and just talking about how amazing he is and we get this return moment for her at the end of the film (laughs) that I just lived for um I'm not gonna go into like a spoiler territory but no I I also loved that we went through just I mean it demonstrates yes he's taken on pretty much any single role offered but it has also given him a very very diverse, like all over the place filmography. I mean, Nicholas has been in every genre, every animation, it doesn't matter, every type of film, a religious film. I watched him in this weird religious plane movie at one point over the past decade that I cannot huh. even remember the name of it. I mean, he has been in literally every kind of movie. I know, <laughs> I, 
He has. It's who, and who can do this? Pretty incredible. Who else? Uh, that's one of the special things. Who else could we make a movie about them in this fashion? A movie that no. is a meta version of themselves in themselves. No one. Who else gets? Who there else was, could do that? Okay. So there was another Ethan Hawke. I read this quote from Ethan Hawke saying that uh, Nicolas Cage is the only actor, the only contemporary actor who has done anything new with acting um, in, you know, like the modern age. So talking about like, so he, he's does, he has, there's lots of stories about him being a crazy method actor and doing yeah. weird method things. Like I think one of the things that I read, he in wild at heart is supposed to have a sex scene and he wanted warm yogurt poured on his toes so that he could get excited for an intimate scene, which is fucking weird. Um, but uh, the other thing is that he's, he kind of, he really has done a different sort of style because he's moved back away from that method acting and he goes almost into this representational style where he he's just, I mean, part of it is the extra of it, but he is taking emotions and he is cranking them up to 10 and you see him in these situations and it, it's these almost troubadour performance, big stagey reactions. You know, it it reminds me, Nicholas Cage reminds me of like, this is what men in college do when they're trying to demonstrate that they are acting hard. Like they get really, really into it. And I, you know, I am giving these notes to people. (laughs) I I haven't had to do this as much um, here in adult world. But when I was working with like college age guys, it was, listen, when you choose 10, you can't go anywhere from there. So start a little bit lower. But um, Nicolas Cage goes to 10 and manages to find like 11 and 13. Um, (laughs) So also I read this apparently that, so they talk about this in the film and I thought it was just a fucking joke. Oh no, Nicolas Cage has developed his own new style of acting he calls Nouveau Shamanic. And... I find that fucking incredible (laughs) that like he read a book about the like correlation between like shamans and uh, thespians and incorporated all of this into his like acting sort of his world. (laughs) So I I, Nicolas Cage is a crazy motherfucker and uh, I, I, I love that he is so open. Um, being weird and to going to 10 and to to all like he's he i, I think i you know i i don't, I don't want to get crazy here but it's almost like so i think about like picasso right mm-hmm. so like picasso if you go to the picasso museum you can look and you can see that picasso has the technical like skill to make a hyper realistic painting picasso couldn't do that but then he starts to break it down in his other paintings as he goes through and he's really exploring these concepts and this art and sort of 
you know, you know, making cubism and, and moving into these other different periods. And then at some point he got into African mass and that was a mistake. But um, he, I, <laughs> I, I would draw this correlation to Nicolas Cage and his, and his approach to acting is that it seems like he understands the method acting. He understands how to get inside of a character. He understands how to feel the emotions and to convey truth. Um, but then he's like taken that and he has broken it down into so many other different places and made it the cubist version of acting where it's like it's you have the core like he has this reality like you believe that he's upset about things like you believe his real emotions it's just somehow also representational on top of it it's also this <laughs> fake this version on top of reality this performative version yeah. of the emotion on top of the genuine emotion um but anyways back to back to this film to this but, uh unbearable weight of massive talent no i he love is massively talented and the the <laughs> moments of him just being like referencing the like special features on the blu-rays throughout the movie pedro pascal just being like uh no you're the better driver i saw that you did all your own stuff for gone in 60 seconds <laughs> yes. or, that's not true uh that's not what the special featurettes had to say about this and uh <laughs> that's just like again moments i i yes. looked for uh yes. so one I thing people are talking they were, about their chemistry with each other was very good oh yes. one thing they're talking about so one thing people are talking about is that they enjoyed the film quite a bit, but they really wish they had cut out the CIA through storyline and that the film just would have been better. Uh, if we had just had the two of them. No. All <laughs> no. No. Okay. And here's why. Because that's part of the whole Nick Caginess of it. Is it, ha it cycles back around and becomes a Nick Cage film. It like... This film is like you've taken a bunch of Nick Cage films and you've mushed them all together. So there's the comedy, there is that you kind of surrealism, there's the reality. He has his moments of being yeah. drunk and really like too drunk, his real like crying, um, his uh, and then it sort of moves into his like con air days and his face off action movie days yeah. and it becomes yeah. a Nick Cage film. It, it's necessary to get the full scope of the ridiculousness of Nick Cage to like make this movie be a reflection of the larger than life persona that is Nicolas Cage. Also, I think they work it into the script really well. I think the meta-ness yeah. that the script has with the CIA stuff uh, being there it's, it's funny, and I think they get quite a few jokes out of that as well. <laughs> oh my god. The, the scene with the nerve agent is so incredible. That is so... This movie, I will say, what's great about this movie is like, so that's a scene that just like, it's physical comedy. And I I, I read in, that in an interview that like, part of the reason that Nick Cage decided to sign up for this is because it was a comedy and he hasn't done a comedy, like a full, like, you know, there's lots of Nick Cage's that, <laughs> Nick Cage films that are like funny, but they're not comedies. <laughs> this one is like funny and he wanted to like remind people that he yeah. can do comedy too. 
And he does. He kills it. And he also – there's so many different types of comedy. There's, like, witty comedy and then there's physical comedy. The physical comedy when with the nerve agent is so good. <laughs> I lived. Um, I think this is the best <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Like, I thought she was enjoyable. She's not in it too much. That's the other thing. I don't think you – know, if the CIA stuff had gotten in the way – of you know nick cage and pedro pascal's like just funny correct shit that they were doing then yes i would agree it it was not needed but it doesn't get in the way it just adds like no. you said an extra layer to everything and it was enjoyable like i thought tiffany haddish was was fun enough as was oh god i'm blanking on the guy's name he basically didn't even need to be in the film because he doesn't do a thing ike Barinholt. there we go he doesn't do anything tiffany haddish's little partner uh but <laughs> uh yeah i i don't know i just i thought it was really funny this is actually the most i've laughed i feel like in a while with the film yes i think yes. it was really as i said many comedy films are not actually funny there's also something they, that they really talk about <laughs> tiffany haddish even has this whole thing i i mean it's also meta there's a whole yes. thing where they're trying to write this film and she's trying to get him to find out about a kidnapping that's happening. And she's like, why don't you try and suggest putting it into the film? And Nick Cage's character is like, that wouldn't make, he's going to sit right through it because that wouldn't make any sense in the context of my film. So this is what's great about this. They anticipated the haters being like, I don't like the CIA line. And they get, literally in the film, they talk about why they added this this part of it and then it made me think about how like yeah you don't get like comedies like they have a whole joke about how like you know you're just not going to be able to sell it unless it's a marvel film or it's a it's a sequel or you know (laughs) yes yes and so she has to like sell him like oh well you know you got to have the hook of the kidnapping and the trailer moment I would, I, you need a trailer moment. Yes. I would love to watch a thoughtful, real film about real people, but that's not your average moviegoer. And right, that, that, it's so rough, so rough, even down to like the people that are watching it in the movie theater right now are like, yes, this is true. We would not be, I would wait for this for streaming. If not for the fun, like, action. I mean, I wouldn't have waited for streaming because I think Nick Cage is worth seeing on the big screen (laughs) if he's being ridiculous in the way that he is in this film. Um, yeah, it just, it just seemed like it was going to be a fun film from the beginning and it, it absolutely was, but I, I think it's funny that people complaining about the CIA thing because they literally addressed it in the film. <laughs> they already and, told you. And why. of course being meta, I feel like, you know, the last few years, maybe probably since Deadpool really kind of sparked the trend. I mean, yes, we've had Scream since 1999, but I feel like not another or 95, but not another series really jumped on it like that after Scream for a while like other series weren't like oh we've got to be meta about ourselves but it feels like after Deadpool uh, a lot of other series really were like okay we got to really oh this meta thing yes so I feel like it's become a lot more popular to varying degrees whereas I think this film really nailed it for me and that's why I mean, the CIA stuff just works within the context of the script. They integrate that meta humor really, really well into the screenplay itself. I just think, I think it was well done. So I liked it. I had fun. <laughs> and I was just having fun. Yes. Period. So, yeah. 
you know. Yes, it's just a fun day at the movies. It is, yeah. It's super delightful. I enjoy it thoroughly. Um, so what are your, but, like, what I are like your faves? You, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Of uh, Nicolas Cage movies? Yeah. Oh, I was going to tell you a fun fact I learned okay. about Nicolas Cage that I thought you would enjoy. Uh-oh. I read a GQ article, um, interview that they did with Nick Cage like a month ago. Um, but uh, first of all, I, I read apparently Nicolas Cage is one of the biggest uh, philanthropist celebrities in the world. Uh, that he just like donates crazy amounts of money and i had no idea he's got like he got like a um amnesty international gave him like an award because of how much he just donates which is really great but you'll love this so when the guy from the gq article went to interview him he had all kinds of extra pets in his house because a local pet shop had gone out of business and so nicholas cage bought all of the extra pets that were then that were now living in his house and he's like my job's just to feed them and care for them and make sure they have a comfortable life and like I just knew that would warm your little heart. So like, I think the thing I want to point out about Nicolas Cage is that I think that it is easy to imagine him as this big, absurd, crazy, out of touch with reality movie star. Um, and he is, but he's also a kind, thoughtful, <laughs> decent human being um, that had lots of rough things happen, has like made poor choices and has had to cope with that. Um, but uh, he's he's an eccentric. I think that's what the, that is the best way to describe him. He is a, a full on eccentric human being. Um, but I think that's what makes him brilliant and makes him iconic. He is an iconic actor. He's just super underrated and... There, there's something incredible about the fact that his his filmography is so vast and ridiculous and amazing. So yeah, I will never on that filmography. What, like are your, what are your top five ones, minutes? I, I will never. I was gonna say I will never forget the first five minutes of Ghost Rider. <laughs> that is a ridiculous scene. Um, <laughs> for anybody who hasn't seen Ghost Rider. Um, I'm not really, it's not really a spoiler, but basically in the very first five minutes, he's just been released from hell. So he is having sex with a prostitute and then somebody busts into his uh, room and he continues having sex with a prostitute. He ends up shooting a whole bunch of guys and having a whole action scene. Um, there's flames and all kinds of other crazy shit, um, while he is having sex with a prostitute. It's just so incredibly ridiculous. Um, I think that is like one of my top Nicolas Cage absurd scenes. Like that's, I don't think there is anyone of his um, celebrity caliber that can point to any more ridiculous of a scene they have shot in a film. And I, I, I commend him for that. <laughs> Favorite Nicolas Cage movies. Um, I mean, as I said, Leaving Las Vegas is an incredible film. I would not call it like my favorite. Okay. It's, um, it, I, I mean, it's an, it's an incredible performance. It is also really depressing. It's yes. not a joyful film. It's not a thing I want to watch over and over again. Um, so I, I would say it is, you know, there's reasons why he was nominated and also reasons why I wouldn't, want to watch it what watch it again <laughs> you know 
let's see. I, I actually, I really liked this movie. I think this would go pretty yeah. high on my list of age films. Um, Face Off is incredible and uh, they talk about it a lot in this movie but like i think face off and a lot of people who are nick cage like crazy people would agree um that that's kind of like quintessential just like nick cage at his peak yeah with the ridiculousness yeah. and the kind of like hamminess but with the reality yeah he gets to play these two different characters yeah. and it's just so yeah. crazy um you know because right ghostwriter and wicker man those are just <laughs> bad and over the top face off is like it it fits in a in a strange way it's also very appropriate for like the time period of yeah. it um so i actually rewatched this film with nicholas cage um recently that i realized i really like oh. as a christmas movie it's family man i don't I, like almost nobody has seen it uh right. I'm it did not do very well at the box office have you seen it yeah it's family a, man what, is the like one 90s? Where... it's from the 90s right the 90s like yeah like 1995 or something maybe a little later but he um it's it's like uh it's like a christmas carol meets groundhog day sort of um basically an angel shows him what his life would look like if he had not broken up with the love of his life um and he has to start living in a life where he's uh just a dude living in the suburbs with his wife instead of like this big high-powered executive um and it's a it's pretty delightful. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think okay. it's really really sweet, and I like it a lot. Um, what? This is a weird. It's a hard question. I have. I would say I'm not like a. I'm not like a crate. I'm. It's not like Michelle Yao. Well, I've seen where I've apparently yeah. seen like almost everything in her filmography. Well, like also, I said, the super past decade duper hard. has just been nuts. So yeah. It's super duper hard for a person to have seen every single thing that he's done. Um, I uh, says one, two, three, four. He released five, six films in 2019. Yeah, that is nuts. Yeah, Conair is really good. I I would rank that one pretty high. You were gone in 60 seconds, person ran not really <laughs> it's fine i mean it's a great example of nick cage at his nick cageiest the i rock. really like all the national treasure movies <laughs> the rock i haven't seen that in so long i know it's supposed to be really good um i just haven't seen it in a long time so i can't really give a strong opinion on it um but i do fucking love me some national treasure i say a lot lie. most people who grew up around our age are fond of national treasure uh, I feel like mm-hmm. uh, people who are a little older, maybe not as much. I don't know. I feel like it gets like hate. I don't know why, but I like National Treasure too. So Hi. <laughs> I also love Face Off. I don't just know. It, well, Face Off, I think you're right. It's just, it's so, like, the concept is so wild. And you have John Travolta and Nicolas Cage opposite each other playing one another. And it, I mean, it's so crazy, but I have just always loved Face Off. It's probably it also, my favorite like Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> it also feels like, yeah, it also feels like kind of quintessential that time period of yeah. film. Like it just feels like 
when John Travolta and Nicolas Cage were in their action movie prime and action movies were like that, that was face off. Um, Did you see Pig Uh, from last year? I did, but you said it was really good. Yes, I loved Pig. (laughs) And Nicolas Cage actually was was really good in that film. So I was just going to say really quick, the reason why people give National Treasure a flack is the same reason that they give shit for any of Nicolas Cage's films is that, like, they don't like the cheesiness of it. The, like, like it's that represent, representation that it's it's about the fun and the ridiculousness. And he knows how to lean into absurdity and ridiculousness in a way that I think makes these films more enjoyable if you appreciate that but if you don't if you want a serious if you want a serious film about finding treasure through a series of clues from the founding fathers national treasure is not your movie i mean but i don't know why you would want a serious film about that like i i think that film was the tone on that movie was perfect i don't I don't think it should be any less ridiculous. You could visit our July, 4th of July episode where I go into depth on how much I enjoy that film and think it's one of a, it's a top patriotic film. Have you seen The Cruise and The Cruise um, 2 or no? I haven't. I heard those were good too. Yeah, they're, they're pretty solid little animated films actually. So those, those are some of the more top good. tier good. movies he's made over the past decade or so. Oh, also... He was the voice of Spider-Man Noir in Into the Spider-Verse, so obviously that is also um, up there. He's also in. He also was Superman in Teen Titans Go to the Movies, um, which was surprisingly a good little film as well. So his animation streak, his animation game is actually pretty good. So <laughs> good animation, and maybe he's that is because he's yeah. well. I mean, he's able to lean into that and other films that people have loved like mandy over the past few years um what was that other like wild one willie's wonderland he's found these crazy movies that he can just unleash color out of space even and i think that's definitely helped his um status as this like cult uh love of the internet uh what mom and dad is nuts as well (laughs) but they were all like i i don't i don't know if nicholas cage is good at picking roles for him or he's good at turning roles he picks into nicholas cage masterpieces (laughs) i don't I don't know if it's chicken or the egg or what. Wait, okay. So you, you but there's always something talk about, about your, like your horror blind spot, Ren. Have you seen The Wicker Man? I haven't. I've only seen the scene. The scene. Everyone has seen the scene. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, honestly, I don't I've love the, the first. I don't love the original Wicker Man all that much either. So I'm gonna just say that. Um, so it's not like a sacrilege to this amazing horror classic to me. But <laughs> if anything, it made it more memorable. Matchstick Men. <laughs> yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Matchstick Men is is like it's actually like a good film. It's, that was really <laughs> enjoyable, and it. <laughs> it's not Magic Man is an example of uh, Nicolas Cage when he's not he's not being 
cagey (laughs) (laughs) when he is he's just acting when he's really leaning into like and and, like there's still a little bit of that like absurdity right because he's it's the character has that obsessive compulsive disorder so but um it doesn't read in the extremity that he often brings to a lot of roles it it's more and i think that's what i really like about him is he's He's got range, man. He 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 picks. He seems to choose the style of acting that is appropriate to the role and to the film and to the tone of what he's doing. I, not always, right? Sometimes he's like this crazy man in a room, yeah. but but it does seem like he doesn't just do the same Nicolas Cage thing every single time. And I don't. I I can't think of a lot of other actors that. I could point to that have that same ability to be ridiculous and over the top or authentic equally viably in the, depending on the film that are able to match their, their performance and match their style to the film that they're in. Yeah. Um, It seems like a lot like, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to see him play Dracula in this un- upcoming field, Reinfeld. Um, Renfield, Renfield. Renfield, sorry. Um, by Chris McKay. It just, uh, I don't know. That seems like exactly what I need. Oh my God. Sorry, I just clicked on it and yes. saw the picture of him. And God damn, that looks incredible. Like, yep. So I'm That's here. It's gonna for, be really good. We had Pig last year, which did get a lot of critical acclaim, um, and was like a little bit of a return for Nicolas Cage being taken a little bit more seriously, maybe. Then we have this film, which just personifies him in the way that we all have personified him. And I feel uh-huh. like maybe we're on that cusp. I know, I know he's never went anywhere, clearly. If you look at his IMDB, th- th- I mean, this is a working actor. <laughs> But I feel like maybe we're on yes. the cusp of a, a more widely spread appreciation of the the just unique everything that Nicolas Cage has brought to film and brought to the art. Period. I think we are. I, I think considering he is now allowed to, he doesn't need to just take every job that comes at him to pay back his massive debt. I think we can look forward to a bit of a Nick Cage renaissance uh, where he really gets to lean into uh, who he is as an actor and a performer. And and I, I think also it's this, this uh, cult following, this appreciation for who he is. You know, he was, it took a long time for the internet to properly vocalize, to write out, to explain what it was about him because he just got panned a lot, right? He just got like... That movie was bad. It was horrible. Why is Nick Cage so ridiculous? He's a crazy person. Oh my God, what an absurd human being. Blah, 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 blah. But now the internet has, we, I think the internet has helped us all embrace the weird, um, embrace and love the weird. And uh, he is, he is a, he's a, going to benefit from the uh, affections of the internet, I think, long term. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody. I can't think of anybody that is quite maybe Betty White um, that quite, ha- I mean, Betty White has recently passed away, but that quite has that like cult of personality. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's good. In the same way that Nicholas Cage does. 
Yeah. I mean, like, like, okay. So like, I, I mean, I mean like they, the Nick Cage. So in the, the, um, unbearable weight of massive talent in his like Nick Cage memorabilia room, he has one of those pillows that are the sequins, but it has Nick Cage's face on it. And he's like, that's, that's just weird and creepy. <laughs> and, but like, I've seen Nick Cage merchandise, right? Like it's not ghost rider merchandise it's not you know whatever national treasure uh it it's like him yes it, it is him it, it so yeah and i can't think of any i don't know can you think of any other actors that have the same sort of like no. you know i think like bob ross is another one who just like know yeah. by sight and like there's there's a certain amount of like merchandising just with his yeah. personality and then but... i guess it's a lot of people who sure. i mean bob ross was you know obviously different but it, you know a lot of those like older icons uh that maybe were a little misunderstood as well uh when they were out and people just kind of looked at them as some sort of joke for a long time and we've just come back around to like this appreciation of them um and this appreciation of just being different i think i think it's a general thing of this generation yes. we appreciate people just being different we don't need the same actor across the board in every role sometimes you need some freaking nicholas cage injected into things and <laughs> yeah. we're glad people we did not bully him out rebel. of the industry <laughs> um, uh, to be fair we have to acknowledge that he is part of the coppola family which is you know that does certainly give him a little bit of extra so what do you think? Leeway when, in Hollywood. But when will his counterpart, who has also um for about a decade taken on less than good roles, Mr. John Travolta, get a comeback? Oh, John Travolta. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Kevin Bacon, who Kevin Bacon is similarly in a crazy amount of movies that span a wide genre because he had terrible financial issues when do i don't think john travolta is going to be able to make a comeback so one of the things nicholas cage is he he's he doesn't talk about religion he doesn't like get too deeply into his like philosophy stuff he is very much all about like my movies speak for themselves you know like it's a lot easier he specifically is like not a, he like donates a lot of money but he isn't an activist actor because he feels like he can do a better job of like getting people motivated and mobilized through his films which i i really agree with i'm all about that like i i i'm a big fan of rather than hitting people over the head with your messaging it's much more effective to trick them through entertainment um but i don't think john travolta will ever be able to do that because john travolta is a crazy ass scientologist and he's very vocal about that and there's a lot of problems with scientology and Nicolas Cage is self-aware in a way that John Travolta is not. John Travolta is a crazy character, but he doesn't realize that he is a crazy character. So he is still playing it like he is a great actor. He, he buys into his own delusion in the way that I don't think Nicolas Cage does. Um, Did you ever see Gotti? I think Nicolas I I did not see Gotti. I did start watching um, The People vs. Amy Simpson, and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true. Also, I mean, John Travolta definitely started off as more of a sex symbol. So I think there was a certain yes. vanity of John Travolta oh, yeah? that Nicolas Cage has uh -huh. never, I mean, 
you know, he had a people who thought he was good looking, whatever, but he was never really like the, the sex symbol of his heyday, even in his action times. I don't really think Nicolas Cage has never been compared to John Travolta, who early in his career, he was very pretty and that did a lot for him in the roles he was in. <laughs> uh, Man, young John Travolta is like a looker, right? Like I, mean, I was watching the... Um, <laughs> talking now just watch those movies again is like woo <laughs> that dimple in the chin I mean, was like hot damn yeah blue, and he was blue like, eyes he was never trying to be too smile. serious an actor even then he was just kind of coasting on being very attractive um and that's yeah. what it was and he tried to become serious and you know it's interesting that something like battleship earth doesn't completely and totally humble you down to the dirt um and <laughs> for Ooh. some reason john travolta just keeps trucking with this delusion <laughs> even that see that's what i'm saying i don't think i just don't think he's the same I, like i i really have a hard time thinking of any actor that is quite that is like yeah. a full like a, a realistic counterpart to nicholas cage there's just i don't think any I, like the only thing I, I can kind of say like kevin bacon if we're just looking at like scope of filmography yeah. there's some overlap there they were both kind of like around in the same time frame there's lots of fun like weird little cameos right nicholas cage was in fast times at ridgemont high which is another good film i liked with nicholas cage but it feels weird to put that in the list because he's yeah. like not really in it yeah valley girl oh i liked valley girl too i thought that was a cute movie i also hate romeo and juliet storylines yeah. but it's at the yeah. beginning of him being like wow a lot um which is kind of great uh but anyways yeah i i don't think that there is there's a no one else like maybe some you are truly an original no truly he's an original yeah well that was yeah i was our... thinking i was like even oh, like yeah oh sorry i was just like i was like maybe ryan reynolds no ryan reynolds is does the same thing all the time yeah. it's adorable and we love it and ryan reynolds might get like a, a little bit of a he's a little bit of like a cult of personality but it's just not the same as nicholas cage like ryan reynolds isn't doing anything new and incredible no. with performance um nicholas cage is a walking theatrical explosion Right. And on that note, this has been our podcast. <laughs> Woo! All right. Well, that was it. That was our review for the massive talent, um, the massive weight of unbearable talent. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it in our discussion on Nick Cage himself. If you did, make sure to hit that like on whatever platform Sorry. you're listening. The to. unbearable <laughs> weight of massive talent. Yes. Sorry, yes. it's such a very fun. Sorry. Show. You said it wrong. The very long. <laughs> Why are all of the title. names so long this it's year? Too it's too much for me, honestly. Uh, but make sure to anyway, follow us sorry. on Twitter and Instagram. Ren, where can people find you? You can find me at Ren Manly on Twitter or at RennyPoo13 on Instagram. And you can find me at ChiliBoyYT on Twitter and ChiliBoyProductions on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you all for listening again, and we'll catch you on the next one.